that section. And now, whew, let's talk about the final category of halachas for this evening. Hope I'm not putting everybody to sleep. And that is the laws of Cholamoid. Try to pay close attention to this, even though it's late. It's a fascinating concept. People are not familiar with the laws of Cholamoid at all. People are not familiar with it. We don't even know what to ask or how it works. Let's give a little introduction. All right? The Gemara in Tractate Psachim, we just did this in Dafyomi two days ago. The Gemara in Tractate Psachim teaches us in the name of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, the same one who, you know, the famous story, he was 18, appointed Rosh Yeshiva, his hair turned white. Yeah, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. Listen to his words. Fascinating. Says Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, Gemara Psachim, Daf Kuf Yerches. Kol hamivaze esamoados. Anybody who embarrasses Chol HaMoed and does not treat Chol HaMoed with respect, Ke'ilu Oved Avodah it's as if you're worshipping idols. If a person doesn't treat Chol HaMoed with respect, it's like you're worshipping Avodah And I'll prove it to you because it says, Elohei Maseicha Lo Saselach You shouldn't make idols. And then it says, Eschag Hamatzos Tishpur. You got to take care of the entire Yomtev. All right? Including the intermediate days. Why is Cholamoid such a big deal? The answer is, what's it like about the Zara? The answer is very simple. Moed in Hebrew means a meeting, a meeting. Now, us Americans are used to the word meeting to mean a waste of time. That's how we view meeting. I'm having a meeting means I'm, it's a waste of time. It means I have to meet somebody, I got to sit in on a board meeting, I got to go to this, and then I'll accomplish later. But a meeting with Hashem is supposed to be productive. If Chola Moed is a meeting with Hashem and I embarrass Chola Moed by not taking its laws seriously, so I'm being unfaithful to my meeting with God. God says, here, you want to go on a date with me? I'm like, sure. I show up to the date, and I'm like, yeah, sorry, God, I got a game. I'll see you later. Well, what's more important than me? Why are you being unfaithful? What are you going to serve? What's going on? Says your blessed Azariah, anybody who doesn't take Cholamai Zerzi, you're walking away from a personal meeting with Hashem. Okay. It's very, so therefore we see the importance of treating Cholamoid properly. Cholamoid is a yomtif. It's a holiday. It's not like a lot of us view Cholamoid as the weekday break from the holiday. Cholamoid is a yomtif. It is a holiday. It happens to be that on these days of the holiday, there are certain permitted activities. And that's the mindset we need to have. It's not that everything is permitted on Cholamoid and I got to just find out what the issue is. It's the opposite. Cholamoid is a holiday. It's a yomtif. Oh, it happens to be that the Torah tells us it's a different category of holy than the other days, than the first day and the last day. Okay? So there's very specific halachas to Cholamoid. 
in some instances, some activities are permitted, in some instances, activities are forbidden. What is important to keep in mind is that even the malachos that are allowed on Chalamoid are everything, are only permitted, and some people may want to write down these words, because these are going to be words in Hebrew that we use over and over. Activities are permitted as long as they are done litzorech hamoid, which means, litzorech hamoid means I'm doing it for the sake of giving honor to the yomtif, in order to benefit the yomtif. And the halachas cholamoid are very complex. It's not very long. It's not going to take us a long time. But it's complex. And in each circumstance, there may be room for leniency. Sometimes requirement for stringency. Shilas, you know, you could ask questions, obviously. But I just want to lay the groundwork for everybody as to, you know, give an overall perspective of, of how it works. Okay. So in general, here we go. In general, the, the activities that are forbidden on Shabbos are also forbidden on Cholamoid unless it's being done for the holiday. Okay? Now, there are specific activities that the sages teach us may even be forbidden when done for the holiday. Okay? There are some that, uh, that teachers may even be done when, when uh, done for the holiday. So first of all, a few things I want to get out of the way. The laws of Muktza don't apply on Cholamoid. Okay? Let's set that from the get-go. There's no such thing as Muktza on Cholamoid. There's also another halacha on Shabbos called Daber Davar, where you're not allowed to talk about non-holy things on Shabbos, right? We don't talk about business on Shabbos. It's called Daber Davar. You're not allowed to talk about things. On Chol HaMoed, Daber Davar is allowed. You're allowed to talk shop on Chol HaMoed. So two categories that are certainly permitted. The sages say from the get-go, these things uh, are rabbinic prohibitions on Shabbos were never applied to Chol HaMoed. Muktzah and Daber Davar. Okay. Daber Davar, you're allowed to talk about non-holiday things on Chol HaMoed. What about Amira La'akum? On Shabbos, you're not allowed to ask a guy to do something for you. On Cholamoid, anything that I'm forbidden to do, I'm not allowed to ask a non-Jew to do. Therefore, if I can't mow my lawn on Cholamoid, which we're going to learn you're not allowed to do, I'm not allowed to hire a non-Jew to mow my lawn either. The same way, when I can't mow my lawn on Shabbos, I can't ask a non-Jew to mow my lawn on Shabbos. When I can't mow my lawn on Cholamoid, I'm not allowed to ask a non-Jew to mow my lawn on Cholamoid. Okay? Let's give an overall breakdown. I want to create a structure for the laws of Cholamoid. There's five categories that are of activities that are permitted to do on Cholamoid. Again, Cholamoid usually, it should be like Shabbos, as far as biblical things are concerned. However, there are five categories we have to know. Things that fall into these five categories will be allowed on Cholamoid. And I'll, I'll tell you the list. First, we'll list them, and then we'll go through each one. And this is going to be the whole share of these things. It's five things. Five, there's five categories of things that are permitted. Number one is called Tzorech Hamoid. Things that are done for holiday needs are allowed on Cholamoid. That's category number one. 
Category number two of things that are permitted on, on Cholamoid is called Ochel Nefesh. Things that are done for food. Eating. Activities done for eating are permitted on Cholamoid. Number three, third category of activities that make things permitted on Cholamoid is called Tzarchei Rabim. When the masses, when the public needs it. Therefore, there may be times where in my private home I'm not allowed to do something, yet... In, for, for the shul, it might be allowed. It's called Tzarchei Rabin, is Mutter on Cholamoid. We'll qualify these things. The fourth category of things that are permitted on Cholamoid is called Dovar Ha'aved, when there's a loss of money. When there's a loss of money involved, I'm permitted to do that activity on Cholamoid, and we'll explain what's considered a loss of money. The fifth category doesn't really apply to us too much. We're not going to focus on it, but it's called a poel she'en lo ma, le, uh, ma yochel. A person who, if they don't work, won't even have food on the table. You're allowed to go work. If I don't work, I can't put food on my table. That's permitted to do on Cholamoy. Those are the five categories, and now let's go through each one of the five. All right, here we go. The first category of permitted activities of Cholamoy we said is called Tzorech When something needs to be done for the yomtif. Okay, now. Something that's, that's needed for the holiday is permitted to be done as long as, I'll say, I'll say it in Hebrew first, as long as it's a maisa hediot, as long as it's a, an activity that most people could do. For example, I'm allowed to bang a nail in a wall, I'm allowed to change a light bulb, I'm allowed to change the batteries in my clock, because most people know how to do this. I'm allowed to change my tire on a car. Not everybody knows how to change a tire, but you, 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 you pull over to the side, enough people will know how to do it. Okay? It's called a it's called a Maisa Hediot. Okay? If I need to do something for a holiday for the holiday and an average person could know how to pull it off, you're allowed to do that activity on Yavdiv. So I'm allowed to set my alarm clock, I'm allowed to do all these things. However, a Maisa Uman, if something is a specialty, for example, putting in a new bathtub, a larger home repair. Shoe repairs, most people don't know how to repair their own shoes, is forbidden even if it's for the yomtif. You got it? So, on yomtif, I'm not allowed to do anything that's a Maisa Uman. I'm not allowed to bring my shoes in for a shoe repair. Okay? Now, uh, but so a Maisa Hedyot is allowed. Uh, uh, what an average person could do on Cholomoyot is allowed. What a, what a craftsman is needed for is not allowed. Now, there's an exclusion to this, and this is what's great about, this is what's fascinating about the, the multi-layers of uh, Chalamoid, is that there's, another, there's an exception to this, and that is that even if you need a craftsman for something, if it's needed for Ochel Nefesh, if it's needed for eating, so then it's allowed. For example, if I only have one oven that breaks on Chola Moed and I need to eat for Yomtif, I'm allowed to bring in a craftsman to fix my oven so that I can eat for the Yomtif, even though an average person doesn't know how to fix an oven. Okay? So that's one, that's, that's, uh, one exception to this. Another exception to a Maisa Uman is, now, keep in mind, if a person has a second oven to cook in, it may not be permitted to call a craftsman. It may not be permitted to call GE, Frigidaire, whoever you have your warranty with on Cholomoid, because 
You don't need it to eat. You could use your other oven. Okay? Another exception to, th- uh, to this rule, w- w- when it is permitted to get a craftsman, is if it's a tzorech haguf. If my body physically needs this to function, for example, the toilet breaks. Or if somebody's eyeglasses break. I can't function, I can't see. If the bathroom doesn't work, you're not going to have a functioning household. Our bodies can't function appropriately. So also something that is a tzorech haguf, is per, that, that we physically need, is permitted on Cholamoed, even though you're going to need a craftsman. Okay? Another exception that you're allowed to hire a craftsman for is if it's going to cause you tremendous loss of money. What's called in, Hebrew, in, 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 in halacha, a hefsid meruba, tremendous loss. God forbid somebody gets a leak in their roof and it's raining. And if you don't get it fixed, it's going to cause bigger problems. and going to cause thousands of dollars in damage you're allowed to go get a craftsman, get, get a, a, a roof repair guy down on Cholamayim to go fix your roof. Okay? So when is it? So usually things are only permitted for yumtif. Again, all these things is because I need my roof for yumtif. I need my bathroom for yumtif. I need my oven for yumtif. Usually, if an average person can do it and it's needed for yumtif, allowed. A craftsman needed for yumtif, not allowed, unless my body needs it. It's going to cause me a big physical, uh, a big financial loss, or I need it for my yumtive meals. Okay, now an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, thing which comes up is haircuts. People could give themselves their own haircuts. People can shave. You don't need to go to a, a fancy salon to get these things done. So why can't I take a haircut on Cholamoid? It's a Maisa Hedyot. I want to look nice for I want to look nice for the second days of Pesach. I'm doing it for Yom Tif. I'm doing it on the holiday. Let me take a haircut, right? According to what we're saying, what's the issue? So the reason why haircuts are not allowed on Chalamayid is because the rabbi said that they have a concern. If they're going to allow haircuts and shaving on Chalamayid, we are going to get so busy with all of our prep that will think to ourselves, oh, instead of getting ready in honor of Yom Tif and taking a haircut and shaving, I could do it in two days. I'll take a haircut and shave. Therefore, the sages instituted, to, in order that we should keep respecting the Yom Tif, no haircuts, no shaving on Cholamayit. This way, we're ensuring that everybody is showing up and giving the holiday itself the proper respect instead of waiting to do it uh, instead of waiting to do it later on okay so that's why haircuts are not allowed cutting nails however is very interesting so what about cutting nails on yomtif so you're allowed to if people bite their nails you're allowed to bite your nails you're allowed to peel also without anything uh, you're allowed to peel your nails as well uh, what about using a clipper on your nails so the halacha is like this if a person usually clips their nails on Erev Shabbos, or a person clips their nails on Erev Pesach. Even if I don't use the Shabbos. But I clip my nails before Pesach, then I would be allowed to use a clipper on Chal HaMoed as well. Laundry is a very hard thing for a lot of people, especially people with kids, um, where there's a, you know the laundry keeps piling up. But laundry is the same reason as haircuts. The reason why you're not allowed to do laundry, even though an average person is able to do that nowadays, is because they were concerned that, that with all the hectic times that go into a holiday, people aren't going to make sure 
that they launder prior to Yom Tif and and uh, you know and not have to deal with laundry on Yom Tif. And therefore, uh, it's forbidden for one to do laundry so that we don't come into Yom Tif unprepared with dirty clothes. Now, there are exceptions to this. Here's the exceptions to laundry. Some interesting things. Children who soil themselves. Okay? Children who soil themselves. In certain cases, elderly people. Even at time where you're allowed to launder children's clothing, you're only allowed to launder the clothing that they need for the yumtif. If they need those clothing for the yumtif, then it's allowed. Okay? Tablecloths are allowed to be laundered as long as you need those tablecloths for yumtif. And specialty items. This is very important for a lot of people to know this. Specialty items are permitted to launder. Okay? Certain people need certain, uh, it could be support hosiery, it can be uniforms, things that people have in very limited form. I only have two pairs of, you know, it could be uh, some people wear uh, pressure garments to keep their blood flow going. These are called specialty items. And halacha doesn't demand that people go out and purchase 11 pairs of them. So if a person has a specialty garment and you have it laundered prior to Yom Tif, and they need to be laundered on Cholamoid, it would be permitted, uh, it would be permitted uh, to do. Ironing also, an average person is permitted to iron, but you're not allowed to take it to the dry cleaners to get pressed because that's called the Maisa Uma. The way that the dry cleaners press it, that's already fancy. That's called a craftsman's action. You know, in a regular person in their house, you want to unwrinkle a shirt, you can do that on, on uh, Cholamoid. But to take it to a dry cleaners to get pressed is not allowed. So that was the first category, right? We said, what was the first category of things that are permitted? That was Tzorech things that are needed for the, the Moe, things that are needed for the Yom Category number two of things that are permitted is Ochel Nefesh, for food. So you're allowed to cook on Chol any food that you need for Yom You're not allowed to cook on Chol Let's say I'm making a, a party a week after Yom I'm not allowed to cook on Chol for my party in a week, even though I happen to have time right now. You're allowed to cook on Chol for Yom Okay? Um, aside from the Malachos uh, being prohibited, we also have to make sure we are no egg simchas yamtif, okay? Which means that a person should try to have, uh, you know, s- specific, more respectable meals on Cholamoe than we would have on an average Tuesday night. There should, be, there should be respect given to those students. A person can afford a little bit chicken, a little bit of meat, you know, a little bit fancier than your regular weekday meal. It's, uh, it's appropriate to do so as well. One also should not schedule medical procedures for cholamoid unless they have a specific issue, yeah, a, a dentist checkup, a doctor's checkup. Shouldn't be scheduled for cholamoid unless there's a reason. You know, if a person has a toothache, a person uh, needs to get this checkup for whatever reason, there's There's nothing wrong with that because that's your tzayr chaguf, right? You got to take care of yourself and get it done. But otherwise, a person shouldn't schedule uh, procedures or appointments on cholamoid. It's distracting from this meeting that we're supposed to be having with Hashem, the special time that we're supposed to be having. Uh, Tzarchei Rabbim. 
the next category we said is for the masses, if postponing a project will jeopardize a project, so it's allowed, even if it's a Maisa Uman, sometimes you, the community needs something to be put together, be built, and it needs a craftsman to handle it, so if not working on it in a Cholamoid will jeopardize the product, then it is allowed. Writing, also, so writing, you know, what is that? Is that the act of a craftsman? Is that an average person? So it depends. Depends how fancy. You have people who are into calligraphy, right? So um, um, writing in general is allowed. The minhag is, the custom is that even if it's a maisa hedyot, even if I'm doing it, you know, not in a special way, but to do it with a shinoi, to do it in an unusual way. Um, however, if the writing's not done, the tzorech if it's just plain writing, it shouldn't be done. You know, you're allowed to write a shopping list. You're allowed to write a letter. You're allowed to write things that have to do with that, you know, has connected to the umdiv. But just to sit and uh, write Torah, right, to write Torah is fine. But to just write shouldn't be done. It shouldn't be done if it's not the Tzorech The next category we said is a Dover Ha'aved. This is very important to a lot of people. This has to do with going to work. Dover Ha'aved. It's going to cause, cause a loss of money. So under certain conditions, Melacha uh, may be allowed due to being a Dover Ha'aved. Now, what's important to know is that a person, a yid, should avoid working, should avoid working on chalamot. Okay? Now, however, if a person has to go into work, and has to go into work doesn't mean you're going to get fired otherwise. I have to go into work means if I don't go into work, then my company is going to be upset with me. They're going to have tainas. They're going to have a claim against me. They're not going to be happy with me. Okay? That's called the Dabr Ha'avid. That's called, if I don't go to work, I'm taking a loss. If, however, not going to work at Cholamoy, the company won't have a problem, but they'll say, okay, you've got to count it as your vacation days. So then, your person should not go into work. You should count, one should count it as their vacation days. It's not called the Dabr Ha'avid. Okay? In other words, if what's at stake is not the loss of my job, it's not the company having tainas, it's, uh, it, it, so that, then it's not called Dover Aviv, okay? Now there's a whole discussion, and, and I don't want to give a, uh, a each situation is going to be unique, but a Dover Aviv means I'm actually going to lose money, it doesn't mean a loss of profit. A person should be willing to lose out on a profit to not work on Cholamot. Dover Aviv generally is going to mean that I'm going to lose out on something that I currently have, whether it's a status, whether it's, a, a, it's finances, a company being uh, being upset at me, okay? Obviously, if it's going to cause a loss of salary or cause any sort of severe consequences, then it is mutter to, uh, is, is permitted to work on chol hamoi. A person who sells things for yomtif, so that's business. But let's say I sell things, I sell food for yomtif, I sell clothing for yomtif. So, at, you know, it, it, it is permitted to do it on Cholamoid as well as purchasing items. You're allowed to shop for items on Cholamoid if, if, number one, either the item is needed for Yomtif. So I need another dress, I need another pair of shoes, I need some socks for Yomtif. You're allowed to buy that. Or there's a sale going on and there's no way I could get this price after Yomtif. Then, if I don't, and I need it. So now, if I don't buy it, I'm going to take a loss of money. So if there's like a big-time sale that's not coming around anytime soon, 
you're permitted to purchase that on Cholamoed as well. Just to wrap up, uh, two more things, okay? And that is, the custom is to dress a little nicer on Cholamoed, to wear Yom style clothing, uh, as opposed to weekday style clothing, and also as far as men with tefillin. So there's different customs about wearing tefillin on Cholamoed. Um, some people do, some people don't. It seems that Hasidim and Sfardim uh, generally do not wear tefillin on Cholamoed. The custom around Eretz Yisrael uh, and the custom of the Gra, they follow the custom of the Vilna Gon, and they don't wear tefillin, and therefore my personal custom is to wear tefillin. Those of us who wear tefillin don't make a bracha, however, okay, unless you're yekis. So this multi-layered. There's all different. Yekis wear tefillin with a bracha. Most Ashkenazim wear tefillin on Cholamoid without a bracha. Ashkenazim and Sephardim uh, don't wear tefillin at all. So when I was in Eretz Yisrael, you have to follow the minhag of Eretz Yisrael. So I, I would put on my tefillin. Uh, I would put on my tefillin in uh, in private. All right. So again, the last two is to dress nicer, and then this discussion having to do with tefillin. That is the general overview. The five categories of things to keep in mind when thinking about what is permitted on Cholamoed. Again. It's got to be Tzorech HaMoed, or Ochel Nefesh, or Tzorech Rabim, or a Dovra Oved, or a Pol She'emol Malacha. We didn't get too involved in that because that's certainly, if a person's not going to have food, what to eat on Cholamoed, they should go out and take care of that work. Okay, that ends the sheer side of things for now, and now we'll uh, take a look at the chat and try to go through some, uh, try to go through some of the questions. All right, let's go through some of the questions. Are we recording this? Yes, we recorded this, Baruch Hashem. Um, you don't need to see them to have a siyam. Yeah, a person should uh, try to attend the siyam ideally. But yeah, you're right. Um, you, know, in, uh, you know, in previous years, that's what we had, especially last year with COVID. That's what we, that's, uh, what we recommended to people. The next question, can egg matzah be eaten instead of challah on Shabbos? So there's differences of opinion. I've heard that Rabbi First from Chicago does allow egg matzah to be made hamotzi on if you use that as a staple of a meal. And according to Rabbi First, it would be permitted to eat egg matzah this Shabbos. It's not, even though usually you're not allowed to eat matzah on Erev Pesach, he says it's not called matzah. Okay. Do you wear a kittel if you're a guest at somebody else's Seder? Yes. You wear a kittel if, if, you're, uh, if a person's married and they're not in Avelos. Even if there's somebody else's Seder, the custom is that a married man wears a kittel. Next question. Any tips for a quick Seder for small children? This year it's following Shabbos and the additional restrictions on preparation. Absolutely. What a quick Seder for children should cover, and then the adults can have a proper Seder. Um, so a couple things. I think that's the last question. Oh, no, there's more after that. So a couple things to say to that question. First of all, if there are children under age 9 and they're not really at the age of chinuch. So one, one eitzah could be that um, you could spend a little time on them with them on Shabbos itself, kind of having a mock seder. That's not preparation. You're kind of playing with them, right? Having a mock seder. Um, what I personally do with my children to keep them involved is we move it along. We have what's called a... Uh, we have what's called a... Sorry, one second... We have what's called a tendler salad. Uh, we have a big salad bowl that's filled with all sorts of marshmallows and candies and every question that they 
ask or every Dvar Torah that they share, they get other candies. That kind of keeps them involved at a certain point. No more Divrei Torah, no more candies, you know. Uh, but but uh, I would say, listen, we have a mitzvah. If a person uh, has children at their Seder, we have a biblical obligation to teach them. So we want them to be up for the beginning of the Seder. Try to get them involved in the story at the time of Manishtana. Um, have them drink a cup of Kiddush. Make sure you'll fulfill your obligation at Manishtana. Tell over part of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You got that part of the obligation. Make it interesting and they can go to sleep. They don't need to stay up the whole night uh, you know, and make the Seder longer. So as soon as we fulfill the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim and we spoke to our children for a few minutes about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim and continues to be involved in every area of our life, this sentence I just said gets you the mitzvah. So after that, it's each, you know, each person has to know the children that they have at their Seder. What is the time limit for eating the matzah? Uh, the kezayis of matzah should be eaten kedei achilas pras, which ranges in halacha anywhere between two up to nine minutes. So if you eat your matzah within, let's call it, you want to be safe in there, seven minutes, you eat your kezayis, you, you're, you're, uh, you're good to go. Okay. Um, painting. With a question mark. I'm assuming the question is painting on Cholomoid. I'm not sure. Um, a larger paint job should not be done. Uh, to paint over a spot on a wall, uh, you know, a spot over there would be okay. Next question. Is it is a person obligated to take a vacation day on Cholomoid if it means you will not be able to take a vacation day later in the year, such as a summer family vacation? Yes. Ide- in other words, yes, ideally, but every person has to know their family. You have to know your family. If a per- sometimes a person's family summer vacation is not a vacation. That's when they are able to fulfill their mitzvah of bonding with their, uh, you know, with their spouse, sibling, parents, children. So I would say, as a person obligated, you got to ask a personal shaila about it. But in general, it, a person should take halamoe days as vacation days. If there's another reason why. It, it, it's not going to work out. There's another factor. So then a particular Shaila should be asked. That is all of the questions on the chat. And unless anybody has a verbal question, we will hold it here for this evening. Yashikayach to everybody here who hung on for the hour and, uh, the hour and 40 minutes of this year. And Be'ezah Hashem, hopefully this was uh, informative and hopefully we'll take these halachas uh, with us and we're prepared as much as possible. For those able to join us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, it'll be a little shorter, uh, but we'll go through some short divrei taira and ideas to share as we get ready for, uh, for the Haggadah and the Pesach Seder.